This is a CBC Podcast. Hi there, it's Pia. Every Wednesday, we are bringing you a bonus podcast, a handpicked story from the week's round of the Sunday magazine that we really think is worth hearing. Of course, you can hear all of our stories. They're all worth listening to. <laughs> on the full podcast we put out Sunday and on the CBC Listen app. All right, here's this week's highlight. She has two Olympic golds and four podium finishes at the World Championships, but Castor Semenya can no longer compete in elite competition, all because of what's defined her in the public eye more than the middle-distance runner's athletic achievements, and that is her gender. Castor was born with what the medical community calls a difference in sexual development, or DSD for short. In Castor's case, it means she has a vagina but no uterus and has higher levels of testosterone than the average woman. And that's made Castor a lightning rod in conversations around gender and sports for years. In 2019, World Athletics barred female athletes like Castor from competition unless they take medication to lower their testosterone levels. That is something Castor has refused to do. Now, she is telling her own story. It's in a new memoir that is called The Race to Be Myself. Castor, hi. Thank you for joining me today. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. You open this book by saying that what most people know about you is based on half-truths or lies, and that for years you have tried to let your running do the talking. Now your words and voice are doing the talking. Why do you feel like now is the time to share your own story? Uh, I think it's more of a maturity, uh, the growth, uh, knowledge. When you're knowledgeable enough to you know, tell the story, I think it's good. But I think the uh, most important thing now uh, is about you know, educating you know, people about you know, the differences in uh, each and every individual you know, in the world. We have our own differences. We should own them. Uh, we shouldn't uh, question who we are. Uh, also, I think it's all about self-discovery, you know, self-management, self-control, owning yourself, knowing what you stand for, you know, having the ability to own your power. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But let's talk about running first, because you fell for running as a little kid in the small South African village you grew up in. What, what was it about running? How did you know that was going to be your thing? Uh, I think uh, running comes naturally. Uh, it's genetic, you know, it comes. If you are just athletic, naturally, um, you, you'll you always feel it, you'll always know it. But I think with me, uh, looking back into my you know childhood, uh, being able to walk, you know, at seven months, being able to run around the streets, you know, at age of four, playing, you know, soccer, uh, being able to challenge, you know, my males, uh, you know, counterpart, you know, it's, it, it, it has always been that thing that, you know, you all know that when you are a woman and then you're different and then you are being able to compete, you know, with males and being able to make them run for their lives, especially in soccer. <laughs> uh, that's when I discovered that, you know, I have something special in me and running 
it just came naturally to me. As an African, you just say it's more of a calling. God does not just give anyone, you know. He chooses who he thinks is a rightful person to be able to be the change. And for me, I'll say from age six, that's when I discovered that, you know what, running, I think it's it's something that, you know, uh, will take me, you know, far. And so while you're leaving all the, the boys in the dust, like running past <laughs> them, <laughs> leaving everyone in the dust, you're also right about how you knew that there was a difference between you and the other girls your age. You had a deeper voice, fewer curves, yes. typically more masculine features. I think you described it as, I was sort of like what we would call a tomboy back in the day. So as a kid, how did that affect the way you saw yourself? Knowing that you're different, it makes you special because how your peers treat you. For me, they always treated me like I'm a special, everyone wanted to be next to me, always wanted to interact with me because how I carried myself, you know, how I respected each and every individual there, but also understanding the being I am, you know, knowing that, yes, I'm different, but I always knew my identity. I always knew that I'm a woman, regardless of my looks, regardless of how I speak, you know, how I walk, you know, how strong I was, I've always knew I'm a woman. I think it's a special feeling when you know that when you're around people, they always want you there. And it it, it made my childhood beautiful. And I, I enjoyed my life because, you know, all those people that I grew up with, they respected me, they accepted me, they appreciated me, and they did love me. And the most important thing is that the support that, you know, I was given growing up, it was massive. I think the love that they gave me it was the courage. It was the motivation to say, look, rock yourself, love your differences, embrace it, just be who you are, you know, mm. and it was beautiful. And so there you were, Caster the woman, Caster the runner, and you start making a splash at the junior track competitions. And then when you're in 18 in 2009, World Championships in Berlin comes around and you won. You won the 800 meter world title, the first ever in middle distance for South Africa. That must have been quite a moment for you. You described that day as the day your real story as an athlete began, but not because of that amazing victory. Take us back to what happened that day and how that changed things for you. I think for me, you know, as an 18-year-old girl comes in the, in the championship like that and then being questioned your gender, being questioned if you are a woman enough, I think for me, it was a courage for life. It was the beginning of me being, you know, an idol, being a catalyst, you may say activist. You call them all. Uh, it, it, for me, that's where I started realizing that, you know, in life, when you do good, of course, there'll be people talking, you know, whether you do good, you do bad, you know, they'll talk. But it was all about me starting to build myself, making sure that, I stand for something. I stand for pos possibility. I stand, you know, for positivity. Because I knew if, let's say, I started disbelieving in myself, that was the beginning of my failure. But instead of that, I turned the situation into greatness. I portrayed, you know, greatness into running. I made sure, like, I make it look like moonwalk, you know. <laughs> like Michael Jackson, you know, dance, you know, does those moonwalks, you know, all those things. I think it, it, it's more of 
trying to learn how to differentiate between good and the bad. Uh, then, yeah, that's when I started to know that, you know what, I, I, I'm something and I'm a great deal. And there was another thing that happened at that race leading up to it. You were asked to take invasive gender tests. Of course. You won. Yes. And when the media began asking questions about your gender, that is really when things started turning. World Athletics had a press conference and its general secretary at the time, a man named Pierre Weiss, said, quote, there's a question of whether this person is, in fact, a lady. And he said that they'd done these tests and they'd shown you were clearly a woman, but maybe not 100 percent. I know you haven't watched that press conference and I understand why. But when you heard that, what was that moment like? Because here you had one, and then this happens. Oh, of course, I, I think when uh, people are trying to be disrespectful, when people are threatened by greatness, when people see the future, when people see the change, which is I am the change. I changed the game. I changed everything. And for me, it does not mean anything to me because he knows nothing about being a different woman I am, you understand? Living with the differences that I have, you understand? I only know how to be that woman. But for him to show a disrespect like that, it showed me that, you know, the kind of a person he is, you understand? He does not stand, you know, to serve athletes. He's there for he, himself. You described the gender testing you went under um, as humiliating. Yes. Ultimately, World Athletics said it found you had this DSD, this difference in sexual development, which you said was news to you at the time. I, I appreciate that maybe you've processed that now through all these years, Castor, and come to the place that you've just talked about. But at the moment, that must have been awfully hard. Of course, it was hard for, for a young girl to have to go through that because now here you are, you are new in the game and you're being asked, you know, you're not enough. And to process that, it becomes hard because you don't know who to trust. You don't know who to talk to. And now here you are, you need to figure it out how to live through it. And then we go through, you know, everything. There's a, you know, well media, it's local media, you every day on television. And now the depression, that situation gets you in. It becomes massive because that's when you start separating yourself, you know, from your peers. That's when you start eliminating yourself from everyone. And then now you individualize the process and say, you know what, for me to, to handle this situation, I need to step away from you know, the media. I don't need to say anything. I must just observe, you know, from the distance and then find it in my heart to accept the situation, to say this is really happening because of reality, you know, hits, you know, practically, that's what was happening. So for me, I had to learn how to deal with the human I am, how to learn, you know, uh, how to behave with, uh, you know, the human behavior, you know. So for me, I'll say it was hard. It was hell. Yeah. You write that, look, I always knew for myself, thought of myself as female. You write, to be honest, I didn't care then. And I don't care now what the medical findings are. But World Athletics said you needed to lower your testosterone levels in order to continue to race competitively. And ultimately, you agreed to take estrogen to do so, which you describe as being analogous to taking poison. Of course. 
No, it's more like a, taking a poison <laughs> for you to conform or for you to be validated, you know, to compete into, you know, women's sports that you are women, but the difference is that you just have a high elevated testosterone, you know, which is that DSD, where they say in the medical term. But for me is that when you're young, you're desperate for competition, that's the extent you can go because uh, the only thing that makes sense to you is the language of sports. The only thing that makes sense to you is to go out there, be happy because that's the only place where you are safe. But then when people make it unsafe for you, you start raising those concerns to say, is really women's sports safe for women? Is, is that really important for men to make, you know, to regulate women's sports? Is it right for men to decide what is right for women? What are women doing to make sure that we are safe? We are in a safe spot. You understand? Those are the things that I started raising, you know, as a young girl, and I'm still raising it today. And so, Castor, at the time when you said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take the estrogen, what was that about? Because you just said, like, I knew the language of sports. That's all I know. Was, was that what was driving that decision at the time? For me, yes, that's what was, you know, driving me because you have to understand that I'm still new in the business. The only championship that I ever ran as a senior, it was in Berlin. So for me, it was about making sure that I, I run Olympics, you know, I fulfill my desires. That was the only drive. It was never about me conforming or making sure that, you know, I, you know, I apply to the rules to say I need them to confirm that I'm woman. No, 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 no. For me, it was the desperation for my greatness, which is that was my dream. That was my dream to become an Olympic champion, a world champion, may even maybe be a multiple champion. You understand? For me, that was the reason, nothing else. But now that I've learned that this is nonsense. You can't live with this thing. The symptoms that they came across, you know, this estrogen, you know, therapy where, you know, you, you always have panic attacks. You can't sleep. Your stomach is burning. You're sweating a lot. You eat a lot. You know, you, 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 you start di discovering, you know, you're, you're nauseous. You know, you cannot, you can't live with this thing because it's stressful psychologically, mentally. It is draining you. You, you live under depression. So for me, that was the only drive, the desire to be great in running. This is The Sunday Magazine. I'm Pia Chattopadhyay, and I'm speaking with the champion middle distance runner, Castor Semenya. Castor, despite all this, you kept running. You kept winning two more world championship titles, two Olympic golds. But victory also kept the public fixed on, on your body. And you draw comparisons between your experience and those of other black women, people like tennis superstar Serena Williams, who has also come under scrutiny uh, for many reasons, including for her body. What parallels do you see? Yeah, it, it has always been a problem for us women, especially women with a brown skin color. Um, it feels like we don't deserve to win. We don't deserve greatness. We don't deserve to be in the history books, you understand? And that's always a racial issue. I still say it. I repeat it. I have no regret about it uh, till, you know, one individual start understanding that we are one, we are same, you know, we're here for same common goal. And then men particularly should start understanding that 
women are great. Women are great as they, they are. And women also, they are given genetically. Those bodies should be embraced. Those bodies should be celebrated like man does. You understand? So it needs to come into each and everyone's attention to say, we as women deserve to be treated like champions, to be treated like the greatest. You understand? So for me, if we are given a chance to do that, we are given a chance to regulate our own sports, not other gender to regulate that. I will say, yes, there will be a lot of Serena Williams out there, Osaka's out there, Coco, I would say, Casters out there to celebrate that. But till that does not stop, then we are having problems. One other thing, you know, you talk about di discrimination and one of the other things you talk about in shaping who you are, and as you say, you carry this history with you. So you're born in 1991, South Africa, just as apartheid is coming to an end. How has that history, that collective experience, um, shaped you and your experience, Castor? I think for me, it's, it's, it's when you start understanding that um, in the world, as well as we are different, but you know our differences shouldn't diminish our dignity, shouldn't diminish our human rights shouldn't diminish the respect we have for one another, to accept one another. We are coming from different religions. We are coming from different backgrounds. You know, it, it does not matter where you're coming from. For me, I think it educated me how to treat people with respect, how to treat people with dignity, making sure that, you know, everyone's right matters. Everyone's life matters. So now when the situation like this comes, it takes you back to that era again to say, but if this man can do this, it shows that you as an individual, you does not show remorse. You're still acting as the very same you know, person who were acting your forefathers. You're somebody who have done the same thing. Now you're doing it to women. It's so sad that, you know, as a South African coming from apartheid era, now I'm still feeling the same thing. I'm still feeling discriminated. I'm still feeling segregated from other women. You understand? So if you understand the history, you will see that where this thing is going. You know, now you're touching the wounds that you're not supposed to touch. So I think for me, I was saying I've learned about humanity, which is, in you know, where I'm coming from is a Ubuntu. You know, you treat people with respect. You love them, you accept them, you appreciate them for who they are. You embrace, you know, their, their, you know, their differences. I think for me, I'll say it shaped up me to be a better person hmm. and also how I see life. Yeah. In 2015, World Athletics Testosterone Policy, it was suspended after a court challenge. But then it was reinstated in 2019 for middle distances. And it requires even lower testosterone levels than the amounts that were required when you were taking estrogen. And so you said, look, I am not going to take any medication to comply, meaning you haven't been able to run competitively internationally, Castor. How have you reconciled all this for yourself? You know, you talk about your love for running, how, how, how you saw yourself, you were that athlete, that running is the thing that gave you so much. And now you, you've stepped away. Yes, of course. I think it's uh, more for being matured knowing, you know, what's your right, knowing what is important. 
I think for me at the moment, my 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 priorities lies on leveling the sport, advocating for what is right, making sure that I fight for those who cannot voice out, fight for those who cannot even say anything or fight for themselves. You understand? For me, they stopped me. Uh, I did not really stepped out. You understand? And uh, I I respect myself to an extent where I cannot repeat same mistakes where. I sacrificed my happiness, my health, just for running. If I have to do the right thing in fighting this injustice, that's what I'm going to do. And I'll keep on doing it. And that's what I will do. And your fight includes taking World Athletics to court for discrimination over its decision, saying it infringed on your human rights by asking you to alter your body. And then This past July, the European Court of Human Rights agreed that you were discriminated against. Although those testosterone regulations have not yet been dropped, the ruling could still be appealed. You talk about the importance of keeping up that fight. It's very important because at least uh, there are people out there who think that human rights, you know, matters the most than just deciding what you think is right. It's a positive, you know, outcome because... Even if the Swiss appeal, we will still take this matter to the court of arbitration. We're going to fight this battle till all these men that are in these positions who thinks they have a right to regulate women's sports, they are out of those positions. We still young, we the new generation, we need to show that we know what is right. We know what is right for women's sports. So we're going to fight. You know that gender has become a source of debate in sports with the rise of transgender visibility in recent years. World Athletics has banned trans women from competing in women's events at international competitions. A group of UN experts this fall has issued a policy position urging the rights of all to be participating and to be respected, especially women, girls, LGBT and intersex people. You are not transgender, Castor. You've expressed frustration. You write about this in comparing your situation and who you are with trans athletes. Explain that frustration for me. I think uh, when people are confused, they're confused with the situation. I don't have a problem with trans you know, family. I love them. They're beautiful. They should be included in sports. Everyone has a right to compete. But then I felt disrespected when where the dicks come in, you know, during the proceedings of my case. And then they present and someone comes in uh, as a, I don't know if she's a, an expert or what. And I'm be like, with all due respect, why is it important for well athletics to bring in trans family into my situation where it's totally a different thing for my genetics I'm born a woman with my differences. While when you look at the, you know, my trans family, it's a transition. It explains itself that you transition from a place to another, which is, is beautiful, but it had nothing to do, you know, with my case. And the very same person who came in, the trans family, it's a disrespect for her to come and talk nonsense about what she does not know. She does not know how he's like to be a woman with differences. I don't know how it feels like to be a transgender. So I think there should be a mutual respect, 
you know, amongst us, you know, as a LGBTQI family, to just understand that the issues that are not the same, but we do support one another. You write that most people are content to walk the line as it is drawn, to be defined by it, to stay in their place. I am not one of those people. I never have been. Castor Semenya, how do you want all of us to be thinking about our own lines differently after hearing your story? When it comes to drawing the line, I think you should know your identity. I think it comes with self-identity first. Understanding who you are, understanding your purpose, understanding your feelings, making sure that you make yourself happy. That's what I want people to understand that look, if as an individual, you start studying yourself, you start understanding yourself, how you operate, you know, how to mute your feelings, how to just pause and say, you know what? Hey, I'm Casta Semenya. I'm woman. I'm different. Just embracing yourself. That's how I want people to draw their lines. Be the person that you believe you are. Thank you for sharing your story in your book and with, with me today. It's important that we hear what you have to say, Castor. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Castor Semenya is an Olympic gold medalist and world championship winning runner. Her new memoir is called The Race to Be Myself. And you can find all the stories we bring you each week on The Sunday Magazine by heading to our website, cbc.ca slash Sunday. I'm Pia Chattopadhyay. Thanks for lending us your ear. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.